Welcome everyone who's listening to the podcast. We're glad you're out there listening. Yeah, this is House of Mercy Sunday podcast. This is we're just just about to uh, start church. We're in the office here, Reverend Russell, Reverend Debbie. Um, hey Russell, are you preaching today? I am preaching today. Yep, I am. Uh, that was good, casual, as if you didn't know. Like it was a sincere question. I liked it. Um, yeah, I'm preaching on uh, you know the. Um, well, I get at the problem with what to call this in the sermon, but it's where Jesus is in the temple and Mark, and he's saying to, uh, you know, pointing out how the scribes and Pharisees are hypocrites. Then he points, then he sits and they watch people put money in the money boxes, and they point out how much the widow puts everything she has in there. So oh, yeah. I, I guess I unpacked that. Um, I'll be interested to hear it. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, it's a good message, not a lot of art. <laughs> Not a lot of heart? Art. Oh, art. A oh. lot of heart. <laughs> a lot of heart, not art. Hey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need those. So it's okay. We need heart. Okay. All right. So um, thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you uh, if you give, we thank you. And if you uh, haven't, uh, you can go to the House of Mercy website page and hit the give button and throw a little something in the uh, gift box. Just like that widow. Okay. Bye. People have the power to redeem the work of fools. Upon the meek, the graces shower. It's decreed, the people rule. I wish it was true. <laughs> I mean, I guess you do run into that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for being here. It's good to see everyone. Um, I don't know if you all feel like this, but I feel like I hate it when we change the clocks at this time of year. And now church starts in the dark, but you bring the light in. Nice. Um. Oh, oh, I want to say welcome to all the people listening on the podcast, too. Hi. Yeah. They're listening from up there. Hey, I would like to uh, just say we are going to start this great book study Tuesday nights, 7 o'clock starting in uh, December and 
going through January, we will be reading and studying In Search of Radical Theology by John Caputo. It's, uh, it's a lot of the stuff we've kind of studied before and talked about, but Google brings it all here together, and I guess it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're interested, email me, russell at um, houseofmercy.org, or talk to me afterwards. But you might want to get this book right away and start in on it. It's, uh, it's cool. So are you going to do that in person and also like... It's going to be a hybrid. All right, a hybrid. Yep, a hybrid study, in person or... Virtually. Electric. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, um, we don't have a program today, but you can follow along. You just open up your hymnals, and the order of service is right there. So, so follow along uh, with that. And uh, speaking of uh, following along with that, Debbie has a new book coming out, and uh, yeah, and uh, it's called Magnificat. Magnificat. What's it about? A God Who Never Stopped Considering Women. Oh, A God Who Never Stopped Considering Women, right. Yeah, it was this publisher in Argentina has been publishing some of my other books in Spanish, and he wanted an original book, so this is Sermons About Women. So you've probably heard them, but this will be in a book form. And in Spanish. Yeah, and in Spanish and English. Oh, and English also, too. Yeah, so, all right. uh, so, oh, and we're having a... Oh, that's why I announced it. Yeah, yeah. that's a great general thing, but also specifically, we're having a reading party on December 5th, right after church. You can get your book then, you get it signed. We'll have a... Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be yeah, a it'll be party fun. and a reading. Food and drink, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Oh, is that it? I mean, not everything. <laughs> this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. Thank you. Thank you.
sorry, I don't know why I have so much to do up here, but I've got to get ready. Oh, yeah. This text. This text for tonight, this is a good one, isn't it? It's a classic. I mean, this one's a classic. I mean, I guess we'd say the whole book's kind of a classic. I don't know that. Probably. Yeah, it would be considered a classic. Uh, the Bible, all of it. We love it. Uh, and especially this is, yeah, this is one of those, it's just you got the widow, so nice, sweet widow, and, uh, and the rich people, everything here. So let me just see what's going on here, all right? We have Jesus, well, okay, we have Jesus come in. Sometimes this is called Jesus denounces the scribes, because he does. He comes in, and he's in the temple and the scribes, they are like religious leaders. And they are walking around, wanting everybody to notice how important they are. And Jesus goes right out. He says, beware of these scribes. They walk around in long robes, and they like to be greeted with respect in the marketplace. You just heard it. They get the best seats in the synagogues and the best places of honor at the banquets. And what do they eat at these banquets? You wouldn't even believe it. Widows' houses. They devour the widows' houses at the whole banquets, all the widows' houses, and they eat them all up. Beware of these scribes, and just they do it all for the sake of appearance. They like the long prayers. You've, you've heard these people. They go on and on and on and on, and it's just, you know, they just want people to look at them. It's like that kind of a thing. So Jesus said, these are the people who are going to receive the greatest uh, condemnation in the temple, too. Right? They have no shame here. But then sometimes they, uh, they'll call this the, uh, the widow's offering, or the widow's might, maybe, if you will. Uh, and uh, that's because of this second part here, right? Jesus is walking around with his, uh, with his disciples, and he comes right across the, sits him down in front of the treasury, it says. And that's uh, in the temple. I don't know if you've been there. It's been it's fabulous. You should go if you get a chance. Um, he sits him down. It's in what's called the, the, the women's court. Yeah, I don't know why, but uh, women judges back, I don't know if they had them back then. Um, but uh, the, the widow's court, or the woman's court, and the treasury's right in there, and you can sit, and this is where Jesus puts his disciples, calls them all over there, and you can watch in this colonnade, they have 13 different gift boxes. I don't know, a baker's gift boxes, I don't know why, I don't know why 13, you think 12 would be right for them with the tribes and everything, but it's not, it's 13, and, uh, and you can sit and you can watch people go and put their money in there, and uh, they don't really describe it here, you know, they just, you can see that the rich people are giving so much money, and uh, how can they even see that far away, is it that closer? The widow, she puts in two half pennies, you know, you wonder, how did they, how did they even know this? Well, because these gift boxes have these, like, they call them shofar kind of-esque boxes because they have, like, you know, the shofar, the ram's horn you blow. I mean, you do, you know, but, you know. Um, but they're made out of metal. And so it's like this big ram's horn. It kind of comes down like that. You know, if you've seen those things at the Science Museum or at uh, Denny's or whatever, you put a coin in and it like goes all around and down. You and it's like that. It's kind of they invented that. You know, um, so it's they're metal. So if you put a coin in there, you could you hear it go all the way down. You know, and so you want two. 
you know, and so, you know, there's two, but, you know, the rich people, right, they're just, you just, cacophony, right, it's so loud, so uh, I think maybe that's part of the thing, right, they do that, and everybody turns, right, you know, who's, uh, you know, loading up the shofar box, um, so anyway, Jesus uh, says to his disciples, look, she puts this widow, this poor widow, she came, she puts in two small copper coins, and uh, worth just a penny. And uh, he tells this to his disciples, he says, look, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in than all of those combined who put all that money in. Those two little sounds, better than that whole cacophony. For all of them contributed from their abundance. She is given out of her poverty. Um, she's put everything in that she had, all that she has to live on. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's, uh, this, is, this is good. This is a very popular sermon uh, text to use. I mean, it's in the lectionary now, and it's no mistake that it comes up right now because uh, a lot of churches are, this is, they're kicking off their pledge drive this week. I mean, this is, this is why, I don't know why they figured that out in the ancient lectionary. I mean, revised in 1986, I think the last one was. But, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's the beginning of the, your, your, uh, it's like your pledge week, you know? It's like when you try and listen to other radio stations for a while until it's over with. Or, um, but here, no, this is bigger. This is, this is your classic. Uh, this would be the, uh, they call it the Stewardship Sermon. And this is Stewardship Sunday. And, uh, so, you know, stewardship is really a, a laudable concept. We think, how are we, everything we get from God is a gift, and God has gifted us, and so as stewards of his creation, their creation, God's creation, um, all their creations, we take, do we use it wisely? Do we take good care of it? And uh, so we call it stewardship because God gives us this money, this church, whatever, and we have to take good care of it, And I guess. But they also call it tithing Sunday or giving Sunday. Pledge Sunday is very popular uh, too well. So this is, a, this is one of those texts they call the steward, a Stewardship Sunday text. Um, usually what you do is uh, the, the pastor will take this, the head pastor will take the Sunday off, the assistant pastor or the, you know, the uh, youth director, you know, will preach the sermon because who wants to preach that sermon? Um, but don't worry, I'm not preaching that sermon tonight. We do, you, we are not organized enough to be ready for this now. I mean, I mean, if it was supposed to be this Sunday, you got a month, okay, for sure. But I do want to say that, um, I don't want to uh, make light of this stewardship because you all have been f amazing stewards of this community and supportive of it. And especially in this last year when we weren't meeting together and was like people still continued to give to make sure that there's something that would could continue to be, you know, I don't know, just tell, tell, letting people know about the mercy, this other way of being in the world. And so I thank you. For all this, now we have this place that we can come back to, and as some people aren't coming back yet, but that's why we were good podcasting for them. But good stewards is what I'm saying. Uh, stewardship's positive thing. Uh, but this isn't that. This isn't that. So I just, uh, so I just thought I would, um, 
I would look at the, I look at the various ways that this text for stewardship sermon uh, has been interpreted because it's interesting. It's uh, you got Jesus sitting there watching stuff, making comments, teaching the temple, which he has been doing. So, look. So, what do we got here? Obviously, these uh, scribes, not good people. I mean, it's right here. They're just they're walking around, eating the widows' houses. They just want to be important. You know, the leadership in in this temple shouldn't be behaving like that. But here you got this poor widow. She's got her two little coins. It's all she's got. And she puts that right in there. You can hear them just clanging all the way down in there. And Jesus points it out. And so classic way, biblical interpreters have, have kind of shaded this differently, gotten different uh, points of view on this. And um, I'm not going to judge and say which one, you know, is a correct interpretation or which one is not, uh, probably. It, um, but so one of them is his... Uh, is uh, is is what they call? Let's see. Uh, well, this is called the somewhere in the middle interpretation. Now, these are just tacks that you got to take on your stewardship sermon. Okay, it's going to be something where you're going to point something out, point something out that it's like will compel people at the end of it to feel moved. And when you finish with a widow, I mean, it's helping you out already, right? Um, so you know, and usually you know. It's a good stewardship sermon if by the end of it, people are grabbing for the Kleenex and the checkbook, all right? You know, that's how long ago I wrote that joke. People had checkbooks, all right? Okay, come on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, So this is called the somewhere in the middle. This is a popular one because you appeal to the people, look, the rich people, you got to separate them out from the scribes. They're not necessarily the same in here. It feels like it, but they're not because the rich people are who you're talking to in the sermon, right? So you don't want to make them seem evil like the scribes. They're just rich people. They give a lot. They're giving a lot. That's great. They're not doing it in a bad way. They're doing it in a good way. They're giving a lot. They're going up to those 13 boxes, and they're giving a lot. And... uh that's just, we're not, that's very few of us are that person. Um, but then this poor widow, look at her. Even she doesn't have much, but she gives a little bit. And Jesus said that that's, she's giving actually more than uh, these rich people who give so much. She gives a little bit. And then so, the, in the middle thing is like, now you know you're not like the rich people. And many of you, I know, have hit hard times, but you are not like the widow. And for that, we can all be grateful. Some, everybody gives what they can, from the richest to the poorest. And for most of us who are somewhere in the middle, that's where we can give from. Okay, no Kleenexes, but sure, get your checkbook out. All right, um, then another interpretation. Oh, I wanted to say about that interpretation. Um, I did say that they're different and not, I'm not going to say which is right or wrong, but I'm going to say that um, that one is wrong. Um, so then there's the other one. There's this other, another one here is called, this is uh, called the uh, Every Little Bit Helps, you know? And you, again, you point out these people who are giving money. That's great. You don't know their circumstances. They're supporting. Even though the scribes are walking around wasting time, um, pointing, trying to act important, still you have the faithful who are giving the money, very wealthy, given a lot of money, 
And the widow's going up and she's given, she's given what she can. She's given that little bit. And it is a big thing for her. But if, if you are, now this is if you have a different demographic, you want to go with this in your church, right? Um, you know, maybe you do have a lot of pretty poor people. And, uh, so you want to hit it more hard on the every little bit helps, which is like, we're all struggling. You know, we're all struggling. And, uh, how are we ever going to, you know, fund this? How are we going to be good stewards of this gifts God given us without, we don't have the money to do it. But you know what? Just like that widow, that widow's might, that little bit, if every one of us gives just the littlest bit, just what we can from our poverty, you'd be amazed. It would be miraculous what God is going to do. Who can give just a little bit? Kleenex. Checkbook. Go. That interpretation, also wrong. Um, then this one, this is the Kleenex one right here, right? It's called the intentions of your heart interpretation. All right, because what you have here is you have, I mean, these rich people, they can just give because they have all the money in the world. It doesn't even matter to them, you know. You don't know, they give, maybe they are kind of like the um, the scribes. They give, they want people to notice. They're pouring the, those coins in that big thing, the loud everybody's knowing. So they're giving because maybe they want people to look at them, like the scribes. They want people to look at them. They're giving for them. In their heart, they're like, Watch everybody turn around when I pour this in. You know, but then, of course, you have the, the widow. And her heart is so pure. She has literally nothing but these two coins left. No house left. They devoured it. They had it at the banquet. She's got no house. She's these two little things. But what does she want to do? She wants to give to God, to show God how uh, grateful she is. She wants to give to support the community and all those. Even she thinks that there might be people less fortunate than her. So why is her gift more valuable? Because of the intentions of her heart. That it's not what you give, but it is how you give, where your heart is. She's a lovely, lovely woman. Oh, I was going to move on and say that's another right interpretation. But first, I want to say Kleenex and then take out your checkbook. That one also is wrong, that interpretation. You know, um, I don't care what your intentions are, really. If you want to give a lot of money to the church, but you have very bad intentions, as long as there's no strings attached, we will take it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, even if it's out of spite, you know, a little bit, yeah. And if you want people to notice and like, you know, and that makes you feel good, we can arrange it. I mean, we will be really be happy to, okay? You know, we would be happy to. So, so that's why, I mean, that's, that is work, you know? I mean, there's, I'll be honest with you, this is, this is not a good text for Stewardship Sunday. It's not a stewardship text. It really is, it's barely even about the widow. I mean, really, it's about these scribes who they come in. Okay, there are other non-stewardship uh, interpretations. And one I just wanted to sneak in real quick because uh, I thought it was very interesting. 
is this is a, a story from the Midrash in the intertestamental period um, from so from the ancient rabbis' stories um, that start out as an oral tradition. Um, and this in this story, uh, some interpreters believe that Jesus is, or at least the writers of this uh, gospel, are referencing this uh, rabbinical story. And the story is this, that um, the wife of a priest went away to see her family. Her mother was sick, whatever. And as she's coming back to Jerusalem, she sees people who know her on the way. And they call her, you know, they call her, they call her, we're so sorry for you, um, widow. And they address her as widow. She's like, what is going on here? She keeps other people see her and they say, we're so sorry. And, you know, we're praying for you and, you know, in your widowhood. And she just can't understand what's going on. She goes to her house. There's people there, I guess probably the equivalent of casseroles or whatever are all there for because she's, you know, she's now this widow. And she's like, where are you talking about? Where, where is my husband? And all they would say, well, he's gone. And she's like, gone? Gone? And she knew that he was supposed to be serving in the temple at this time. So she went to the temple to look for her husband. And she went there and she asked after him and everyone said, he's gone. And she is, is he absent or has he died? And then the rabbis say, you have always heard it said that Israel is Yahweh's bride. But there have been no prophets for 400 years. And the widow can no longer find Yahweh in the Holy of Holies, in his house. The widow comes to the temple, Israel comes to the temple to look for her bride and finds that he's gone and most likely dead. This is a dark take on this story. I know this ancient rabbinical story, but it is this kind of like, the, yeah, God is dead. They haven't heard from Yahweh in 400 years. And, uh, and it's had this political edge into it, uh, in it, because it, even though they say that we, we have seen Yahweh has not been here, this temple has continued to operate, and those who are leaders in the temple have continued to profit, and the temple no longer cares for those in need, even this new widow. So yeah, you're sitting there with Jesus, you're looking, you're in the woman's court, 13 gift boxes. And Jesus sat there for a reason, he wanted to sit there. It wasn't just to see people putting money in those gift boxes, because if you look past the gift boxes, there you can see is the counting room. When all these things get full, these shofar gift boxes, the 30, when they all get full, they bring them in and count them up. The that's where the scribes are, in there, counting that money. And uh, Jesus 
Sure, the widow came up, that was nice, but he set them down there before the widow. He set them down there to continue talking about the scribes. He set them down there so they could look and see the scribes and they're counting all this money. Money, that 13th box is the widow's box, by the way. There's 12, 12 tribes. But so this money is supposed to go to the widow. So widow had two choices when she became a widow. She could um, sign this thing where she would get like about a year's worth of money to live on from the, uh, her deceased husband's family and then go on and she could remarry and, uh, and continue on. Or she could choose just never to remarry and stay in the household and remain a widow but have the family of her uh, deceased husband take care of her. So it was younger people, it was very popular to take just most people, you take the money, take the, take the payout. Um, but then um, the uh, religious leaders said that it was an additional greater blessing and showed greater faith in God if you take your payout as a widow and put it in the temple treasury and give it to God. It shows your faith that God will care for you, God will provide a new husband for you. You give all that you have, your means, as an extra, uh, extra sign of your faith and your blessing. That's what they're counting up in there. People who are giving when they had nothing. That money that was supposed to be used for the care of the poor, for the upkeep of the temple, the care of all the outsiders. But this had not happened in a long, long time. Jesus, this isn't a stewardship sermon. This isn't about giving anything at all. This is a, this is a political text. This is Jesus pointing out that the people in power have taken their power that God has bestowed on them and they've used it to oppress the least of these and empower themselves. The good news is that God's salvation is systemic. God isn't just going to redeem every little widow or mean scribe. God redeems the whole world. And systems that are counter to that good news, counter to the way the kingdom of God works, counter to that expanding mercy, Jesus came to say that they must be brought down. And that's what this is about. It's reinforced after this lesson, they walk out of the temple. And his disciples say to him, because I haven't been paying attention, look how pretty this temple is. And Jesus says, this temple will be brought down. Not one stone will be left standing on the other. And it's not just about the building, but it's about the whole corrupt power structure that kept it standing so far.
been listening to the House of Mercy podcast. You can experience all this live every Sunday at 5. Check houseofmercy.org for all the details. House of Mercy is a church in St. Paul. You should come. It's not that bad. Yeah.